0: Scott Adams.
1: And this is Gabby Adams. Welcome
0: back to another episode of Pop Culturing, Movies and TV Through a Gen X Perspective. Did I get that right? I think you did. Close enough. Uh, Today we're going to talk about a little movie I like to call Fatal Attraction from 1987. How old were you in 1987?
1: 87. So that would be, I was a sophomore in high school. Sounds about right. Did
0: you see it in the theater? Gosh, I don't remember.
1: I think I did. I think I did. I, I watched think... it
0: with my dad. Oh, God. Right. That's not comfortable. Well, my parents were going through a divorce or sep- or separated or were fighting at the time. So, yeah, a lot of layers.
1: Mm, yeah, that's a little too intense. I don't think I saw it with a parent, but I may have seen it in the theater because there was so much buzz around it.
0: Sweetie, my dad took me to see Vatal Attraction and my mom sat us down and said, let's watch The Burning Bed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then your mom took your sister to see About Last Night. Yes. And then your parents went to an officer and a gentleman together. Oh, they did. They like... Or not they. Your dad likes to talk about how they went to that movie.
0: And then they became intimate afterwards.
1: <laughs> T-M-I. Thanks, Dad. T-M-I.
0: Um, <laughs> And there was something else I was going to say about... Oh, and I got to see Animal House when it came out, and I was like, whatever.
1: And Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, you were like, like seven. Seven years old. Yeah, so...
0: And I turned out okay.
1: Y- well, yeah. Yeah,
0: not, you did. Not perfect by any means. I but.
1: know. I think there is like... 80s kids were like, you know, we talk about how Gen Z gets to watch everything online. Sure, we were kind of the beginning of that. Yeah, because you know, not only getting into the theater and seeing an R movie, but the movie channel came around when I was about in fifth grade, and then we got HBO and then Cinemax and Sweet, it's
0: called Cinemax.
1: Cinemax, and so basically, just watching a movie on your TV at home became a thing. And then Betamax or Beta tapes, and yep. then. What are they called, those big discs, laser discs? Laser discs. Oh, boy, we're so old. So, yes, this movie, I think I saw it in the theater, but I can't remember, but I know I saw it many, many times after because it was a huge, like, uh, Academy Award movie.
0: It got seven nominations. Pretty big. It didn't win any of them. Yeah. But it got seven nominations. So just to bring everybody back, we're going to play a little bit of the trailer. Sweetie, you give me the heave-ho sign when you think we're done with the trailer, okay? a look that
2: led to an evening
3: we were attracted to each other at the party that was obvious
2: you're on your own for the night that's also obvious a mistake he'd regret all his life
3: And where's your wife daddy honey oh and you're here with a strange girl being a naughty boy i don't think having dinner with anybody's a crime I've got to see you. This is going to stop.
2: No, it's not going to stop. It's going to go on and on. She keeps calling me a Hello? Every time Beth answers the phone, she hangs up. <laughs> I'm scared, Jimmy.
3: You play fair with me? Do you have an affair with her? I'll play fair with you. I don't want to lose my family. How could you do that? Now you're scared of me, aren't you? You're afraid. Gutless, heartless, spineless. <sighs> if you ever come near my family again, I'll kill
1: you. You understand? going to be ignored. Alicia, where's Ellen? She's gone. Call the police.
2: Whatever resentment she's feeling, she's probably got it out of her system. Ah! What if she didn't get it out of her system? What then? Ah! Fatal attraction. I guess you thought you'd get away with it. Well, you (laughs)
0: can't. That my blood pressure (laughs) goes up. Not going to be ignored, Todd. I so I think this movie is is meant to induce stress for everybody. It's like a thriller. That's what thrillers do. They it's make suspense. you stress, it's suspenseful. But as I remember even like watching this as a young man or an old boy, I don't know, in 1987, I was... (laughs) Who says old boy? Old boy. I was 15 years old. I was an old boy.
1: You were a a young
0: man. I was an old boy, Nobody
1: says old boy.
0: I said it. I am am part of somebody. Um, Okay. But, and I'm not a cheater. I've been loyal to my wife, but even knowing that it makes me like feel like I'm in it, like I did something wrong. This movie is captivating and makes me feel like I am in this horrible mess. And I feel like watching the movie is like a bad dream.
1: It is. I was just going to say that. So Todd and I rewatched this movie the other night, and we actually brought our rabbit downstairs to watch with us. Yeah, we
0: got a picture of <laughs> of me with the rabbit, not during the rabbit scene. No,
1: I posted the picture on Instagram so everyone could see it, but we covered Smokey's eyes, so she didn't see We actually fast-forwarded through it. Yeah, we didn't remember? want
0: Smokey to see that. Well, we yeah.
1: We didn't want to see Whitey in the... Was
0: that the name of the rabbit? Yeah. Whitey? Whitey. Ellen didn't really go very far to figure out what we're going to name that. Rabbit.
1: Well, Ellen there will be zero ripping on Ellen during this this discussion because Ellen is my favorite character of all time.
0: I have in my notes you said something like this movie should just be called Ellen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ellen Okay, so this movie is hard to watch, suspenseful, everything, but if you just want to see a great kid actor who is adorable, mm-hmm. Go back and watch Fatal She Attraction. She's
0: like, she's right up there with Jonathan Jonathan Lipinski as far as cuteness goes.
1: A hundred percent.
0: And Jonathan Lipinski is that his name? Yeah,
1: from Jerry. From McGuire. Jerry
0: Maguire. Yeah. Who is cuter?
1: Well, I mean, it's it, it's Ellen neck, doesn't it's, get enough as enough lines. Yeah. I think she has like one long scene where she's talking to her dad on the phone, and she could not be cuter. Otherwise, she just gets really quick, you know, little comments, you know, like. When she wants a rabbit. Yes. But anyway, we um, watched this movie and I kept saying to Todd, like, once he makes that decision to sleep with this woman, Mm -hmm. it's so all downhill from there in like meaning that he, there is no way out and that's kind of why when you're watching it, and initially, it's just kind of like, "Oh, she keeps calling or she keeps showing up, and he's kind of annoyed and and she'll show up, but then be like, "Okay, I, I really won't show up again." And then it gets progressively worse, and you're you're so in his body because he's like watching his wife, who's played by Ann Archer and his daughter, Ellen, who is the star of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you just are feeling how how much he regrets that choice, how like he's looking at his family going in that one night, or it
0: ends up being two, really. Well, the way I want to frame this show is usually we either frame it by best scene or something like that. Instead, I want to frame it using two parallel tracks. Okay, let's do that. The first track is signs that she's not right. And I'm talking about Alex. Right,
1: but we are definitely, let me say this, I know what Todd's doing here, but we are going to focus on that this was not all Alex, right?
0: The second track is- rating uh Dan's mistakes. Okay, good. Okay? I, because
1: I think a lot of people think about this movie in terms of wow, you know, Glenn Close's character, mm-hmm. um Alex Forrest is her name. And just the names like Forrest, yeah. you know. Um I love I love when people name people things Dan that are relevant. And Dan
0: Gallagher, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, which is just like your every average man, man yes. right?
1: Um but Alex is people always think about this movie in that way that she's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But when you really watch the movie, like, and yes, she, she is the one who has the, the, the mental decline, yeah. but really he, he was just as involved at the beginning for sure. And, and we actually, and I'm excited. We're going to do the red flags because they come up pretty quick.
0: So we're going to basically fast forward to when they decide to, well, not the, as they're deciding whether or not they're going to cheat on each other or he's going to cheat on his wife, okay? Right, okay. The first sign that, um, that his mistake is getting in the cab. You said to me, so like it's raining out, his umbrella doesn't work, he needs some to be dry.
1: Yes, before you go there, I know where you are. Can I go back really quick? Sure. So beginning of the movie is just basically setting the stage that Dan has this great wife that's amazing and beautiful and this adorable daughter. Mm-hmm. And then they go out of town to look at a house in Connecticut. Okay, done. He goes to a meeting. At the meeting is Alex, who he had met the night before, and they had had like a one-minute exchange. Yeah. And, At that first meeting that they had at that party where they had the one-minute exchange, she looks, like, amazing, Mm. right? Stunning. Stunning. Like, she's, like, one of those women who you know could care less about anybody else there that she's – like, they actually have this uh, scene where they set up – I'm going even further back where Beth, um, Dan's wife, Ann Archer – She's getting ready, and she's late, and she doesn't know what to wear, and her best friend calls and says, what are you going to wear? And she's like, I don't know. And she's just more like... the And she actually says to her husband, do I look okay? And you know, he says, you look beautiful. And she's like, oh, are you sure? There, Beth is framed as a more insecure person, right. right? And then you see Alex, and you're like, this person did not ask anybody what she should wear. Right. Okay, so she's like, fine. Um, and then... We'll jump to where you are. Beth and Ellen go out of town. He goes to this meeting. Alex is there wearing all white. Mm-hmm. you you got to pay really close attention to what she wears in this movie. She wears
0: a lot of white. She wears that little white teddy.
1: Right. Like,
0: And I guess, does that represent purity white or teddy. something? teddy. Isn't that what it's called? She referred, Glenn Close referred to that garment where they're having a the big fight towards the end of the movie. You mean the
1: nightgown? Yeah, it's like a nightgown. Well, a teddy is like, that's a different thing. Okay. That's like,
0: I, I thought matter. she used that word to describe what she was wearing. Okay. I don't know. No. Um, so yeah, so they, and they have that kind of weirdly sensual, but awkward conversation where they have dinner. So family's out of town. Right. Dan's having dinner. He's a married man. He gets in the cab though. You were saying he gets in the cab
1: first, which is the first mistake. First
0: mistake. And, and you have said to me that. You know, I have friends who have cheated on their wives. Yes,
1: and we've had discussions about And these. we've
0: had discussions. So for the guys out there, and, you know, this is an important thing, call this a public service announcement. <laughs> it's not about the act of having sex. That's obviously the, the encapsulation. The That's the yeah. encapsulation of the mistake. But it's all the mistakes that have... Because as guys, we can like make an excuse like, well, when when you get in that position, it's really hard to say no, because you have this sexual impulse and it's really hard to deny that in the moment. So it's not about that moment. It's Mm -hmm. about the 10 moments that led up to that moment. So the first one of those moments for Dan is getting in the cab with this woman that he obviously thought was attractive the night before.
1: Right. His umbrella is not working. She comes over with her umbrella. She says, let's share a cab. And he gets in that cab. And then they decide to have dinner, which I would call mistake number two. Yes. Because share the cab if you must. Yes. But the decision to go to dinner is an intimate choice. Yes. Especially if you've been kind of looking at each other or having these like little, you know, discussions where there's an obvious attraction.
0: So I'm going to play a little clip. And this is a. I don't know, like a biography channel documentary on fatal attraction. Oh, and it's Glenn Close, I think, describing the scene where they're at dinner kind of flirting yes. with each other.
2: Yeah, my what Discreet. Yes, I'm discreet.
3: Me too. And I remember Adrian.
0: <laughs> Adrian is the director. Adrian Lyon. Adrian, Line. Line.
3: Mm-hmm. Adrian telling me when it was Michael's close up to actually say really racy things to him. <laughs> you know, to get kind of a
4: spontaneous reaction from him. one point, I, I, I asked um, Glenn to play footsie with him underneath the table without telling Michael that she was going to do that. And the effect on his face was lovely because he was unprepared for it. Does that make you feel good? So
0: I think that's when she's playing footsie with him to Michael Douglas without him even knowing that that was going to happen.
1: And he said, it doesn't make me feel bad.
0: Because I always wonder what she's talking about when she says, does that make you feel good? I thought it was a follow-up from the previous thing that was just said.
1: It was. What she said, he said, why don't you have a date? And she said, I did have a date that's a phone call I made, I canceled. And then she says, does that make you feel good? Kind of like I chose you over this other person. Got it. Now, what I like about that scene is that that's really the last time, or maybe the second to last time, Mm -hmm. because when they're at her apartment, she's pretty, um, she's got a strong energy about her. But in that scene, she seems very in control, but not overpowering. She seems like someone who could care less, meaning if you want to come over to my house, great. If you don't, goodbye. It's like she's fine.
0: This seems like a very healthy one night stand that's about to happen. Right. If If there's such a thing. If he wasn't married. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's because they even they even agree that they're both discreet. Right. So like she's explicitly saying, yeah, I'm discreet. Like we'll have sex and then we'll be done with each other. And that's, so he got bait and switched.
1: Yeah. He, I mean, and she seems, like I said, she doesn't care. She doesn't seem to care that much. And she seems very self-possessed. That's what I'm looking for. So you kind of, I feel like the dinner is the top of of her being like self-possessed or being in control or being like typical. Mm. I don't like the word normal, but you know. Sure. And from then on, it starts to get a little... Challenging.
0: Well, she's got, you know, she's at the meeting that morning yeah. and she seems like a normal person. Yeah, she's an
1: editor for a publisher. Like yeah. she's got a big
0: flute and job. And that's why this is an interesting story because she seemed so normal and she obviously was not.
1: Right. And we start to get hints of that later. So they cut really quickly to them at her apartment. Yeah. And I even said to Todd, wait, did you fast forward? Because it's such a quick cut. Um and so their whole big sex scene that's kind of um, famous, you know, the sink and the water and all that kind of stuff.
0: Which I found out was a last minute change. Like they were like apparently Adrian Lyne is not an easy guy to um, follow because he kind of goes with however he's feeling in that moment. So apparently all these whatever set designers were getting the the bedroom set up for the day. And oh, he's geez. like, you know what? We're going over it's gonna be in the kitchen. Right. And he, that was an unplanned thing. He just kind of, so that was a very spontaneous decision. And there it's an impactful sex scene because it's so different.
1: Exactly. You know, there's actually like dishes there. Um, so because we're talking about Adrian Lyne, um, So do you remember Foxes from 1980?
0: What does the Fox say?
1: No, not that one. Oh. It's, it's again, talking about the movie channel and, and us having access to movies, Jodie Foster, Scott Baio. I never saw it. Okay. Uh, Flashdance. Yes. Nine and a half weeks. Yes. Fatal Attraction, of course. Jacob's Ladder. Oh, he did Jacob's Ladder. Mm -hmm. Indecent Proposal, Lolita, Unfaithful, which is one of our favorites, and then Deep Water, which I never saw. So Adrian Lyne has he he's got a he's got a thing. Yes, he does. And I think he's doing a movie this year with uh, Ben Affleck and Anna De. Armas or I can't remember. Oh, the, the lady from Nights, Nights Out*. out. I yeah, know. I think they've got one coming up. Um, but anyway, so he's you know, and all those movies has think have some that. pretty significant sex scenes
0: for sure. Nine and a half weeks is like one of the most famous movies with sex scenes, and Absolutely. I think they cut a bunch of stuff out to make it rated R. Like it was nine was, and a half weeks. There was yeah. more stuff out there. Um, okay, so the next obvious mistake from yes. Dan is having sex, having the affair. Correct. Um, but then the next big mistake. <laughs> is, you know, you just want him to make the right decision. Like, okay, just go home. It's done. You've had your fun. Go home. And she's like, she said something like, do you go salsa dancing? She said, how much energy do you have? Yes. That's what she says to him. Yes. And they go dancing, which which all of a sudden it's like this is no longer a momentary... Lapse of reason. This is a date. It, this is a date.
1: Yeah, Todd and I were trying to figure out the timeline. We're like, okay, they left a work meeting, they went to dinner, and then they went to her house. What time was
0: it? Like, what time are they finishing? I'm guessing they went to dinner at five. Okay. They did their sex at seven. They did By, their by sex. eight o'clock, um, they're- out they're, salsa dancing. They're, they're out dancing. Yes. And then after they dance, then they go to the elevator. They have another sex scene- Right. In the elevator- and then he goes back into her apartment. Back in. And he sleeps over. And he sleeps over. So that's the next mistake. Right. You go salsa dancing. The elevator, not a great idea. Correct.
1: And somebody walks by and sees them.
0: Yes. And then. Um,
1: he spends the night.
0: He spends the night. He goes home to try to get get some work done.
1: So far, Dan is losing.
0: Dan's losing.
1: So, yeah. So we don't see when he leaves. All we see is that him going out the door. We
0: don't see him saying goodbye. It's dawn. It's It's the next morning. He writes a note.
1: Yes. But we don't know that
0: yet. We don't know that. And she's like, this is the first indication like something is up. And I kind of want to find it. She's like, where are you? I got scared. You weren't here. I didn't like that.
1: Yeah. So he goes home. He's at home. He's been home maybe an hour. Beth Mm. calls, you know, and I'm sure he feels horrible because he's talking to his wife and his daughter and he realizes what a jerk he is. And then she calls. So how does she get his number?
0: He left his number on the piece of paper.
1: Oh. So, well, there's mistake. Another mistake. Dan is seriously losing. Are we at four mistakes here?
0: Dan's making lots of mistakes.
1: So he leaves his number. She calls, like you said. She says, I was worried Mm. or whatever. And then he says, but I left a note. But see, that doesn't make sense. Because if she didn't see the note, how did she get his number?
0: I got it right here. Okay.
3: Yeah? What happened? I woke up. You weren't here. I hate that. You didn't uh,
2: get my note? What note? I left you uh, a note right by your bed.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so now she sounds totally different.
0: Totally different. This is not the woman we met at the party. Or at dinner. This is not the woman that we met at dinner. No. This is the needy, clingy version of her.
1: This is the person who's like, he left, oh, there's a note, and he probably said something like, had a great time, or yes. whatever he said. So, but you can kind of tell in his voice, too, that he's like, oh my gosh, she's calling me, yes. which we still That's haven't his... resolved how she got the number. Yes. Um. But, so, and then in that conversation, she invites him back over.
0: And Dan the idiot says yes and brings their dog well what's who cares about the dog like why is that a big deal because they talked about that on the bill simmons podcast because why are you bringing your dog dogs smell people
1: they know who people are but dogs also
0: need to get out of the apartment
1: why are you connecting your dog to this person you're having an affair with
0: do you, so you know what I mean? So they're like, it, cre- it creates some emotional ties yeah. because there's it's a got, dog there.
1: It's got nothing to do with, I agree with Bill in that podcast yeah. or whoever said it in the rewatchables is that you don't, there's something you talked about there being some level of intimacy going salsa dancing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're spending a, a nice
0: Bring in your dog. day so in he, the park. So he's bringing his world to Yes. You. Got it.
1: And that poor, and it's not like the dog is going to be harmed by it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Whitey's going to be harmed by it.
0: Yes, Whitey Eventually, is going to be harmed by rabbit.
1: it. the rabbit. But it's not that the dog is going to be harmed, but it's so like, you're basically saying, like, I, I did come home and feel crappy, but I'll just take the dog out and do this again. Yeah. It's it's gross. Yeah. So they go to the park.
0: Go to park. Uh, they're playing tennis. She's surprisingly athletic to me. Playing tennis? Playing tennis. They have a tennis ball with the dog. They're just throwing it around. Oh, they're, I was they're not, say. they're not playing tennis. All right. Um, I was
1: like, I totally missed, yeah, I missed the tennis one. scene.
0: Um, and then she overthrows him. He runs, he collapses, yeah, yeah. pretending to have a heart attack. Yeah. And then we find out later that she gets upset, but she's messing with him.
1: So it, you got to explain.
0: Okay. So he pretends that he has a heart attack or he's, pass- whatever, he's gassed and he passes out or whatever. And then he wakes up laugh, saying, I was just messing with you. Because
1: she runs over and says, wake up or Dan, are you okay? Dan, are you okay? Right. And then he kind of starts laughing like he was fooling her. And she says, are you going to play it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dan?
3: Can you hear me?
4: Oh, my
3: God. (laughs) (laughs) You bastard.
4: Your face. Your
3: face. (laughs) That was a shitty thing to do. I'm I'm
2: sorry. I was just fooling around.
3: My father died of a heart attack. I was seven years old. It happened right in front of me.
2: Sorry. Really, I had no idea if I, did. I never would have done anything like that.
3: <laughs>
2: Wait, is he, he didn't die, he's alive?
1: Uh, yeah, he's alive and well and living in Phoenix.
0: So, we don't know that yet, but she's telling the truth.
1: That he died. That he died. Yes. When later on in the movie, he's going through her house and going through a scrapbook and you see an obituary that he had died. He had had died of a heart attack of 43, probably yeah. when Alex was seven. Now that scene. So we were talking about how she calls him and asks him to come over with the dog. And that was a red flag. Sure. That scene's yeah. a huge red flag.
0: The tennis scene or the after calling The
1: tennis scene. They were not playing tennis. The tennis ball the, scene. The heart attack scene. Yes. When she starts laughing and, and makes that as, I'm putting this in air quotes, a joke, yeah. that is a huge red flag on the Alex side. Uh, and Dan's facial expression, you, you know that he sees that as a red flag because who thinks something like that's funny?
0: Dan's just making mistakes left and right. And this is just the beginning because then they go and have this like nice pasta dinner and listening to Madam Butterfly. Like, what are you doing, Dan? Like,
1: yeah. The what, madam, what is he thinking? Well, he's not. Um, he's thinking... Is he thinking about having sex later that night with her? Of course her? he is. And I'm sure he enjoys her company for a multitude of reasons. She's different. You know, she's exciting. There, He's he's having this experience that he thinks it's fun. Um, he's not thinking with his head. You mm. know what I mean? Um so, but the Madam Butterfly theme is all through the movie. Important, yeah. And very important. And, and again, I'm sure Todd will get to this, but the ending of this movie was supposed to be completely different. It was supposed to be very connected to Madam Butterfly. And they even, you know, I was noticing on this watch, Todd, yeah. that even the very beginning, the party that they're at, there's a whole like Japanese theme. Mm-hmm. They're like selling a Japanese book. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. So it's like, and, and they talk about it at her house when she's making that spaghetti. Um, about how Madame Butterfly happens to be both of their favorite
0: uh, yeah. opera.
1: So it's like they Every have that. Every second in that
0: goes by, she's getting more and more invested Absolutely. into this potential relationship.
1: And then they have the dinner and he stays the night again.
0: Uh, Correct? I gotta go. So they just had sex again and now he's gotta go. Okay. So you said
1: she wasn't coming back till tonight?
0: She's not, but I got things to do out here. He's got things to do, sweetie.
1: He's got things to do. He's a farmer. Honey, he's a farmer. That's the other mistake. Don't call her honey. Honey. What is he doing? I don't know. Go home. Yeah, I don't think I like this.
0: Like what?
3: The way you run away after every time we make love. Red flag,
2: make make love. Make love. Alex, what difference does it make whether I leave now or in the
0: morning? (laughs) (laughs) Just spoken like one normal guy. What's the difference if I leave now or later? We're done. Yeah, we're done. We're all good. We just had sex. It's fine. I gotta
1: go.
0: You're not
1: gonna leave Uh 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 now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. we stop
0: on. Hey, Alex, come on. So she just ripped his nice shirt.
1: And she's like laying there naked. Yes. She's
0: like completely comfortable. Well. So, so the shirt rip is the first like, wow. This just went from bad to horrible.
1: Yeah. If the thing in the park with the tennis ball was an orange flag, this yes. was like a red. We're going to red
0: red, red DEFCON four Defcon territory. 4, yeah. Um, so then after that, sadly, she, he's like, I'm out of here. And he tells her to F off.
1: Yeah. Well, she said, I would respect you more if you just told me to F off. And he goes, okay, then F F off. off. And which, you know, she was just saying that as a example. Yeah. She didn't really want him to say that, but
0: she, but he did. And then there's that horrifying scene where she's like, I, I don't know she what she She walks out
1: in the white. Yes. And she's crying and says, I'm sorry, I ripped your shirt, or I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, honey, it's okay. And she starts hugging him, mm-hmm. rubbing his face. Mm-hmm. And then you see she, and he says, Your hands are all wet. And she had slit her wrists and she's wiping blood all over his face. What's
0: intense about that scene is that the audience first doesn't know what no, they're seeing. They don't. And then they know what they're seeing. And he doesn't but know he doesn't know it yet. Right. It's really kind of horrifying. And
1: so then he screams and says, Oh my God. And she's screaming. And and then they kind of, you know, have that it tense moment. And then they cut to her him helping her wrap up her wrist.
0: Sure. And bathroom. he stays the night. So yep. now it's I think it's um, Monday. It's yep, Monday that's coming morning. On the next now. Day, yeah. So he's got to go to work. So his mm-hmm. weekend gone.
1: Todd said while we were watching, he goes, he didn't get a lot of work done.
0: Yeah, I think he was planning, probably watching TV, maybe even having a beer with the guys, and doing getting a lot of work done.
1: And eating the spaghetti that Beth left
0: because he's got yeah, Beth left, and he's got to be in court like later that afternoon. He's panicking, and then I think by Monday afternoon she shows up.
1: Right, so just to finish that scene, he helps her, wraps up her wrist. He spends the night. She falls asleep. He stays. Says, how are you doing? She says, fine. And then she says, call me sometime. Okay. And so he's like, okay, good. Now I'm out of here. She's fine again. Goodbye. Yes. So then he thinks, then he thinks, Todd. Then he thinks, I can go back to my regular life. Mm. This is where I'm jumping ahead, but that scene later on when Alex says something like, Do you thought you could just You know, yeah, it's pretty, you know, crass what she says, but there's, that's the moment where I'm like, she's right. Mm -hmm. Like you thought you could just come in and maybe, you know, we can say, well, she Mm -hmm. made it seem that way, but he just like jumped in did ever, everything he wanted to do and then was like okay now i'm it's a clean break
0: it's so interesting cuz sex is such a complicated topic because you can look at it through one lens like two consenting adults having sex does that mean that there's some commitment beyond it Correct. right she they had a kind of weird informal agreement that they're both they can both be discreet so if like, if I were Dan, I'd be like, well, where's this coming from? You right. said discreet. Right. And you're calling me at my home at 2.13 in the morning and you're showing up at my office.
1: Yeah. Like, I will say that the way the movie lays it out, if this movie was done in 2021, yeah, I don't think they'd ever make this movie in 2021. But if they did, I think they would make her, They that conversation at dinner wouldn't be that way. Yeah, I think... It, I think they would have left out the be discreet because yeah. they would want it to be more like you both
0: bought into it. The this. reason that this movie was hard to land is because they don't, the audience, so pretend there, before this movie got made, the people who decide whether or not to make a movie and spend the money is like, who are you rooting for? Right. They, you have this cheating husband right. and you have this mentally ill woman. Yes. There's no protagonist. Right. And what they found out in the test screening, they're really nervous to see it. And we'll talk about the alternative ending right. later. But in the test screening, when he jumps in bed and messes up his own bed, <laughs> yeah. which is a really kind of funny scene, like, yeah, he's just he's trying gotta to to
1: pretend he's been cover home.
0: Cover up the evidence or yeah. whatever. He they they said that the audience laughed.
1: They liked and the him. directors
0: are like they've already forgiven him. Yeah,
1: they like so him. So that's
0: when they knew they were onto a good movie.
1: The the one thing, and again, I'm going back to the rewatchables when they talked about Fatal Attraction a couple of years ago. I one thing I really enjoyed was their conversation about Michael Douglas as an actor because he obviously plays Dan Gallagher, and that Michael Douglas as an actor understood that he could go into a movie. Be a real jerk and still be who everybody's rooting for. You know, he could go into Wall Street as Gordon Gecko, and everybody is still like, wow, Gordon's the coolest. He could go into – what was the one with Demi Moore?
0: Um,
1: Deception? No, no. no. Uh,
0: Disclosure? Disclosure.
1: And you could still be like, wow, you know, he – this I can't actually remember how that movie ends. Um, I remember the movie, but he it, wins. Yeah, so and we're cheering for him. Yeah. we you know we look at Michael Douglas. He's kind of one of those characters where he knew this is. I'm totally taking this from Bill Simmons on the rewatchables, but he understood the misogyny of movies, mm-hmm. and he understood that his character could get away with things. Yeah. he understood that he could go into a movie and be a jerk, but still. Be the one. Still likable. Yes. Yeah. And that's just something there's, that was what Michael Douglas did Mm -hmm. for a long time. I'm for, oh, and of course, basic instinct, duh, exact same thing, right? right? He's kind of shady and horrible and basic instinct but we're we want them to end up together it's so
0: weird so there's a few things because i have so many and yeah. i'm not gonna get through so i'll just rapid fire some of the signs that alex isn't okay normal other than what we've heard she shows up at the office the next day
1: right in all black
0: in all black she invites him to madam butterfly thinking that oh, He's gonna everything's go. everything's fine and He's- she
1: said no strings attached yeah
0: right <laughs> um and then you see that creepy Um, scene where she's listening to it and the tickets are right on her coffee table and she's like clicking the lights on and off and the
1: other scene that's happening right at the same time is Dan with his family saying that yes
0: you know, I'll get the rabbit and yes, we'll move to Connecticut. Dan is saying yes to everything. I'm sure Beth is like, what's gotten into Dan? Totally. He didn't want the rabbit. Now he does. He wasn't that jazzed about moving to Connecticut. Now he wants to get out as soon as he can. He said,
1: let's go tomorrow. Let's go tomorrow. So he's feeling so crappy and he's now, because he's had these moments with Alex that are a little unhinged, he's like, wow. Cause he actually says when Beth walks in, man, I missed you. Mm. I kept saying to Todd, like he is so... Regretful, right? He's so
0: regretful. He's so like, I'm, yeah, regret is the perfect word. He's like, I wish I can go back in time and redo this weekend, right? Knowing what I know now is that all I want to be is with my wife and And my my daughter and my dog and my, my new rabbit whitey. So, um, so then she doesn't go to the Madam Butterfly. Um, she says things like this I wrote these quotes down. I'm not trying to hurt you. I love you. Oh boy. Yikes. And then she says, I was hoping you'd like to be a part of the baby's life. That's after she announces that she's pregnant.
1: Yeah, that's the next time she comes to see him at the office. A little bit of time has passed and she comes to see him at the office again Mm -hmm. after that initial Madam Butterfly invitation. And that's – he kind of – asks her to leave with him. They're walking, if I remember correctly, during that scene where she says, I love you. And then she says I'm pregnant. They're on a platform. They're like Yeah, on like a,
0: they're at a train station. They're at a or train something. station.
1: Yeah. And then she says that she's pregnant, gives him the business gives him the card of her gynecologist, says call.
0: Yeah, to confirm. To confirm. If you don't believe me. She
1: says, I'm thirty seven years old. This is my last chance to have a baby. Um and he's like Oh my God. And so now we're at, if the flag was red before, yeah. what's the next color?
0: It's like, I don't know. It's deep red.
1: I mean, the fact, and and he's, and, and okay, let's talk about that scene. He says to her, you didn't use any birth control? Okay, Dan. Yeah. Okay, that's my Dan, you made a mistake. Don't, don't, I. Ugh, it's such an 80s movie thing. Like mm-hmm. that's not just one person's responsibility. That's a discussion. That's something, if he was concerned about it, he should have done that.
0: Of course, they're both, they are both. They should both take responsibility for birth control. Unfortunately, in, in our day and age, and probably even more so in the 80s, it was all the woman's responsibility. Oh, frustrating. So yeah, not, neither one is a fan of advocating for birth control. And maybe <laughs> yeah, she is, wanted to get- This is pre age Do you think that she maybe wanted to? She just didn't think she, she could. She just
1: didn't think she could because yeah. she said she had had a miscarriage the yeah. year before. And, I, and in that scene- I kept thinking, who is the person that she was with that she got pregnant and then yeah. had the miscarriage? Right. But she said she had had a really bad miscarriage and that she thought she could never get pregnant again, Therefore, but she's pregnant. And then Dan's like, oh my God. And I think that's when he tells his best buddy.
0: He's terrified and he tells his best buddy. I, at some point he- In
1: the library. Yeah,
0: in the law library. And
1: that's one of those scenes where like you just said your stomach hurts because yes. have you guys- now? I hope nobody listening to this podcast has had this experience of fatal attraction, but have you had experiences like this where you feel like you can't get out of this nightmare? Mm -hmm. And so you're really kind of, even if you're not living his exact experience, you're like, I don't know how to
0: unwind this. He ended up breaking into her apartment. That's right. Looking for evidence. And now after he broke into her apartment, he goes, talks to his law buddy. And I'll just play a quick clip from this. I broke into her.
2: Me, a lawyer, breaking in. I don't know. I'm looking for something, anything to get a handle on what I'm dealing with here. I thought maybe, maybe I can find out she's sleeping with somebody else. You know? Well, I didn't find him.
0: He's so scared. He's just breathing so heavy. Yeah. He's like looking around the corner. No, I did
1: I didn't find out anything.
2: Jimmy, I don't know. I don't anything about family law. Okay? So you got to help me now. What kind
1: of case does she really have?
0: So he goes on to say, and Jimmy says, "Basically, basically you're screwed. You're screwed." He's like, "It's not good." And Jimmy's God, like, "What is he asking? Like, what family law? Like, can he? Can we force her to not have the baby? Like, yeah. force an abortion or something? What kind of? What kind? Like, I don't know what he's asking. I don't know." So then. um she ends up calling at two thirty in the morning.
1: And he answers the phone. Yeah. Beth is next to him and he has to pretend that it's someone from work. What a
0: yeah, best when is best antennas coming up? Like, wow, this doesn't seem normal. Like, there's a lot of signs that it, things he's yeah. acting differently.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, there are, but I kind of feel like in that scene he's saying, Hey, can't we talk about this in the office in the morning? Like unless you you can hear the other mm-hmm. end. So that is that is a problem. That's a red flag.
0: So this, you know, obviously Dan made these horrific mistakes and he he tried to hide it for way too long. Right. Now he was hoping that maybe she would just like get sick of him and go away. So I think he was doubling down, hoping that that Alex would just bail and she doesn't. And it makes everything that much worse.
1: So I feel like if this in this movie has a lot of... Um, Visual. what am I trying to say? Metaphor is like, there's a scene at the end, you know, we're getting into it right now, but where uh, Alex takes uh, Ellen on a roller coaster. And I feel like if we're going to call this movie a roller coaster, this is where you're going down the hill. This like th- at yes. this point, because this is when she shows up to pretend that she wants to buy the apartment. Yep. Remember that? Yes. And then this is when things just, I mean, this is where things are going off the rails. They were scary before, but now we're talking Scary, scary, so where he walks into his apartment that they're trying to sell because they're going to move to Connecticut and he can hear their voices and he walks in and Beth and Alex are talking and Alex pretends, oh, haven't we met before? That kind of thing. Oh, it's so uncomfortable.
0: And then um, after the the rental- That moment. Moment, he goes and is like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm going to her apartment. He like sneaks in again. Somebody mm-hmm. like leaves while he walks in. I'm gonna tell you it's gonna stop right now.
3: No, it's not gonna stop. It's gonna go on and on until you face up to your responsibilities.
2: What responsibilities? I'm pregnant. I'm gonna have our child. Alex, that's your choice, honey. That has nothing to do with me.
3: I just wanna be a part of your life. Oh, this is the way you do it,
0: huh?
2: Showing up at my
3: apartment! What am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not gonna be ignored, Dan.
1: She's not gonna be ignored. I'm gonna say that to you all the time now. I'm not gonna be ignored. Uh, Um, So that scene is where you're like, oh, this isn't going to change. Like, he keeps trying to use his old tools. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to threaten you with my strength. I'm going to threaten you with legal things. I'm going to threaten you with the police. And she's like, not budget.
0: No, there's nothing. nothing, It's not registering. Not at all. Whatsoever. She wants to be a
1: part of his life, Todd. So
0: fast forward, then she makes a tape for him and just calls him all these awful names. And
1: that scene is kind of a big deal. I kind of noticed this time she... She throws acid on his car, mm-hmm. which is pretty significant. Yeah, and then she puts a tape. I think it's she gives someone the envelope to give to him because right. you remember someone runs up. There's a tape in there, and he's listening to the tape as he's driving, and she's following him because she that's how she finds out where he lives in Connecticut. Right? Do you see? So like. She's following behind him the whole way. So the tape is horrible. She's basically cussing him out and saying he's horrible, and that you know that the life of that they created is growing inside of her. It's just terrifying. It's terrible. Like my stomach hurt through that whole scene.
0: I know, and I still like find my my nerves just not doing well during, you know, all this so. um so I'm quickly going over some of the other mistakes that <laughs> happened from Dan. Or from her. Let's talk about Ellen for a second. Um, She makes that tape for him. She boils a rabbit. Do we want to talk about the rabbit? Okay,
1: so this is where we haven't talked about Ellen enough because this movie should be called Ellen. (laughs) She gets this rabbit. She is the cutest thing in the world.
0: Are you ready for some Ellen, sweetie?
1: Oh, good.
2: Hey, honey.
3: Oh, God, I missed you. Yeah?
0: You did?
2: Uh-huh. Well, good. Well, why don't you slow down? I can't understand. Well, one word would you say? I know you do, honey. I did this one. You did? Yes. another one. What I thought was this row you picked? No. It was this
3: I think you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any card at all? Mm, yeah?
2: Of course. How'd you learn this?
3: Grandpa showed me. Oh. It has a place for rabbits.
2: Oh, no! She said it! She said the R word! Oh, no! <laughs> 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 Not rabbits! <laughs> Rabbit. Rabbit. No. <laughs> Rabbit. No. Rabbit. Wait,
3: rabbits! Rabbits! No! Rabbits! Rabbits! Well, what can I
0: tell Um... <laughs> Do you know who? um, what other movie she was in, Ellen, that we've seen? Yes, she was in
1: Christmas Vacation. She was. She's one of the little kids, one of uh, Randy Quaid's little kids. Yes. She's got like a wig on or something. But she's adorable in that movie too because she's the one who wants Santa to come. Right. And I think Clark stays up and like talks to her. So she's adorable there, but she's older. Yes. But she's so cute in this movie. And I can't tell you guys how often, because we have a rabbit and we've always had a rabbit, rabbits are just kind of our... um, animal so Todd says that a lot he's rabbits rabbits
0: (laughs) um and the girls don't know what it's from so what else do we want to play other until I play the alternate ending stuff
1: okay so let me just bring everybody up to speed since we kind of went back in time there with the rabbits so she figures out Alex figures out where they live and then they leave with the dog thank god um to go to grandma's house or something. And Alex comes over. You don't see it. Mm -hmm. All you see is them returning home. They walk in and there's a big thing of water on the stove and it's boiling. And you see there. So Adrian Lyne, who he's cutting two scenes together. One is Ellen running out into the backyard to go look at Whitey. And them walking in the house and seeing the boiling water, and Ellen says her rabbit's gone, and all of a sudden they take the lid off the boiling water, and there is poor Whitey in the water. And that is so over the top. I remember seeing that the first time, and everybody talked about that. And that's become kind of like a thing we say. We say, wow, she really, you know, that's like boiling the rabbit. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's something we understand. It's, um, what do do we call that? That's pop culture. Yeah.
0: It's it's just our our language. Our language. We use that.
1: So that is so over the top. And that is the moment that Dan says, Beth, I have to tell you something. Yeah. So he tells her that he has had an affair. He says, I know who did this. I had an affair. She first worries, are you in love with her? She's like, no. And she's very upset. And then this is the worst scene, Todd. They get in a huge fight and Ellen comes out mm-hmm. and starts crying. Yep. That's when I said this should be called the Ellen movie. So that's a horrible scene. He has to move out. Um, because well, I of have course. a quick
0: piece on that scene where Ellen, or where Ellen comes out and sees oh, her parents fighting. So sad. Um, I think this is it. Yeah. And in the
3: background, the little girl is standing there, their little daughter, and she looks so
4: confused, and she's holding this little doll.
3: I don't want to hear it. I don't want it. It's such it. a real please moment.
2: To please, please, please,
4: my direction was. This
0: is the actress of Ellen as a woman. To, this is who's talking. Oh
4: my god! I want to see her. Come to my mark which was in a doorway, and to stand on the mark and not say anything. And so that's what I did. And, and I had my unicorn here, my little uni.
2: Unlike her more seasoned co-stars, the young novice didn't have the same acting tools to build an emotional moment. So the crew needed to get creative.
4: And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, Michael kind of turns his attention to me and says, what are you looking at?
2: I think I, think I said that. I also think I said, I, I think I'm going to take it. I said, You don't need unit anymore. I so said, I'm going to take it away.
4: And so he just kind of starts to get mean. He said, Oh, you know, look at you and your stupid unicorn. I'm going to take that unicorn. I'm going to throw it in the garbage. I'm going to take that unicorn. I'm going to give it to somebody who really needs it. <laughs> and I just kind of melt into her at one point and cry. And, you know, I think that they finally got the desired effect. And then they. Adrian said, cut, and all of a sudden Michael's demeanor completely changed, and, you know, he ran to me and held me, and said, I'm so sorry.
0: I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'll what do you think for the movie, right? Oh.
1: oh, that is so
0: sad. Yes.
1: Is that really how, what we do for to kids in a movie, to get them to cry? It's what they did. Mm, Uni was her baby.
0: Well, when you see her, she's like petting it. She,
1: oh my god, I could cry right now. It's like such a, it's a heart wrenching scene. <laughs> and can I just say this? Because for those of you who listen, you probably know we do this podcast called Zen Parenting Radio. Mm-hmm. Please don't fight like that in front of your kids. No, it's so traumatizing. Yes, be a grown
0: it, up. It, talk, don't do that. Talk outside of their ears. Absolutely. I, I, I'm speaking from personal history, and I'm still unwinding some of that crap that my parents gave to me when I was six years old.
1: Yes, just don't do that so back to back to this fictional movie yes um so anyway he leaves and then he at this point this is when beth goes to the school and where she goes to pick up ellen mm-hmm. and finds out is asking all these people like where's ellen i'm picking her up they're like she's gone she's yeah. gone and she like finds ellen's friends in like Where's Ellen? And they're like, she's gone. Mm-hmm. So basically, Alex picked up Ellen at school. How they allowed that to happen is beyond me. Well,
0: it was 80, 1987. They let anybody pick anybody You're up right. in 1987.
1: What am I thinking? It's not now. So anyway, Alex takes Ellen to a very deserted like carnival.
0: I, I, that was one of my unanswerable questions. What's, El, what's going on in Ellen's mind right now? Hey, I'm a friend of your parents. Right. Come hang out at the carnival with me or something.
1: And that whole scene is so disturbing for a multitude of reasons, which are obvious. But again, my love for Ellen gets in the way where I'm like this poor kid. Mm -hmm. She, you know, like Alex is buying her ice cream and all this stuff. But you know, as a kid, you know when something isn't right.
0: Yeah, she feels it. She won't, she she may not be able to explain it, but she knows something's off.
1: Yeah. And so then Beth goes driving around looking for Ellen and is driving so erratically sobbing and gets into a horrible car accident. So the next scene you see with Dan He basically, how did, did we see Ellen come back home? Alex drops her off, right? Yes. So we see Alex drop off Ellen. She's safe. But then Dan goes to the hospital. Beth is in the hospital. Beth's dad is there. I'm
0: sure Beth's dad's like, get the hell out of here.
1: And he does. Doesn't he look at him like, oh my God. And then Dan breaks down. Mm -hmm. You finally see Dan break down and be like, oh my God, look at what I've caused. Mm -hmm. And so that is then where we get to the end of the movie. So
0: should we talk about the, should we remind people what happened at the end of the movie or they already know? Yeah, and go ahead we, and
1: explain what happens at the end. So
0: what happens at the end is um, Beth comes home from the hospital uh-huh. and they, he's really, Dan's got, he's in his nurturing role. He's taking care of his wife in a way that he should have been doing all along.
1: He tells Ellen he's going to live there again. They're going to try Things and make it
0: work. Things are good. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see in the mirror, Alex shows up. Right. And Dan's downstairs making tea. Right. There's a fight between Beth and Alex. Alex like stabs her a few times in the leg. Well, Alex is stabbing herself, herself in the leg first. She
1: is, but then she she doesn't stab. I shouldn't use the word stab. She's like cutting Beth's leg. Because yes. there was one point where she's, you think she's going to go through her leg Yeah. and she moves her leg. But so basically they get in that big fight. The water is just... Going through the ceiling for some reason—that's a weird part. But that's how Dan realizes that. Right,
0: because the tea kettle it, um, is making drowns it too much out sound. The sound. Yeah, and then there is a fight, and Dan is choking her and drowns her. drowns her in the bathtub. And then Dan does what everybody does in a horror movie: turns away from the bad guy and or bad
1: woman. In the bad time.
0: woman. And then all of a sudden she springs back to life right? and gets shot in the belly by Beth. Right, and which
1: is so infuriating to me Yeah, that I know the audience loves it. I know everybody cheers and everyone's like, Beth is so amazing. But the fact that Beth had to solve all this, yeah. the fact that now Beth has to go through life knowing she killed somebody who was pregnant, yep. the fact that she got involved, it's just
0: infuriating to me. So that was the movie that they shot. They sh- so they shot that ending Two, six months after- Six months. They were done shooting. Wow. And the reason was because they had a different ending. And I think, I'm not positive, I think this is the part where the directors that are producers explain what happened. Who's gonna get off?
3: I'll just cut deeper next time. I'll kill myself, I will. And this was the ending that everybody loved. And this was the ending that was shot. We went to do what are called previews,
0: where you put it up in front of an audience. So real quick, the ending that they originally had, she kills herself and... It, Alex does. Alex so, kills herself. Yeah,
1: basically she does... She It's like really consistent with Madame Butterfly. Yes. They're following that same theme. She takes her own life. So Dan doesn't kill her, Beth doesn't kill her. She takes her own life, but then sets it up because there's a scene where... Uh, Dan is messing around with a knife at her place when he runs over there to, like, threaten her. And you see Dan have a knife in his hand. He puts it down so you know his fingerprints are on the knife. So she set it up intentionally or Mm -hmm. not intentionally to have him be blamed for her death.
0: So the police come. They arrest Dan because his fingerprints are on the knife Mm -hmm. because there's... The the cop even says something like, well, when people commit suicide die by suicide with a knife, they don't slit their throat. And right. you see Alex just takes this knife to her throat wow. instead of her wrist or some other way. So he's getting carted off to jail. And then Beth goes upstairs looking for the number of Dan's lawyer. Uh-huh. And in that she finds the tape. Cause it's on his desk. On his desk. Mm-hmm. She plays some of it and she on her on the tape, she says, I'll just cut deeper next time, oh. which is basically an indicator that she will just kill herself. Got which it. Which is enough evidence to-
1: And then so Beth gets the tape and it just ends there with her finding the tape? Yes. Okay.
0: So you kind of like, oh, I think Dan's gonna get in trouble for this. And then the resolution is he doesn't.
3: Mm-hmm. And the audience is supposed to tell you they love it. That's what you're hoping for. And we were very excited.
2: As the film unspooled, their hard work seemed to be validated as did some of their tougher decisions.
3: On the very, very first screening of the movie, Michael Douglas, who has cheated on his wonderful wife, Ann Archer, for absolutely no reason, comes home, jumps in to his bed, and messes it up. So it looks like he's been sleeping in it all weekend when, in fact, he hasn't been there. And the audience applauded. And I remember
0: Sherry turns, I said, I can't believe this. So anyways, that's not totally about the ending. It's just more about the experience of the first viewing. It's
1: them starting to figure out that they don't want this guy to get in trouble, which is so unfortunate. And the thing is, is so they had to reshoot this. And and what I have heard, and I've heard this, actually Glenn Close and Michael Douglas did an interview like five or six years ago together where they watched the movie together and Mm -hmm. then they did an interview. And they talked very in depth about... Glenn Close did not want to shoot it differently. I got that right here. The audience
3: wants Ann Archer to kill Glenn Close. And I looked at him like he was crazy. I said, what? I mean, kill? I mean, what are you talking about? He said, that's what they want. Stanley came up to me and I said, do you know what Frank Mancuso just said? He said, yeah, you have to think about that. You have to see what the audience is saying to you. You have to listen.
2: Dearden reinvented the film's climax as a harrowing home invasion in which Alex menaces Beth in the bathroom.
4: Any time you have a movie where the uh,
3: big climax, uh, big action knife scene takes place in a shower more or less, you're really hearkening back to Psycho. This is placing it definitely in that timeline. Once you put a knife like that in somebody's hand, <laughs> the image is much stronger than any kind of
4: intellectual idea. So I was kind of talking Glenn through the ending and she had this baseball cap on that was pulled over her eyes and I actually saw her eyes tearing up and she said, and then they blow her away and I went, yes. And she went to Stanley, you can take me to Bedford in a straitjacket but you can't make me do it.
3: I would really committed to
4: the character and I thought it was betraying her to make her
1: into a psychopath.
4: Her real worry was that she didn't want to be like a a knife-wielding psycho, you know, just the sort of, the conventional sort of idea of what what that would be like.
2: Close demanded that the new ending remain true to the character she'd worked so hard to create.
4: To Glenn's credit, she went and talked
2: to a psychiatrist or a couple and found out that this would have been equally valid as a resolution to her life. And so she was willing to do it.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I, I was just gonna say. I was sitting here thinking, um, as a therapist, I was thinking, what diagnosis after watching this movie? Not just the end scene, but would I think that this woman had? Um, and it would definitely be a personality disorder of some kind, maybe borderline or um, you know a f- form of narcissism yeah. or social you know pathology where she can't experience. But no, it wouldn't be that because she could feel other people. So. But I like that she was like, I will – I need to make sure that this character that I have fully developed and embodied would actually end things this way. Because I love – their point is well taken. Once you put her back in that white nightgown in a bathroom with a knife, she's Norman Bates. Yeah. Like now she's Michael Myers. Now she's Jason. You know, she's no longer a woman – Who's super lonely, who's misplacing her love on somebody who has no, you know, no desire to be with her. Like she's completely not reading what's really happening. She's in a fantasy world. She's delusional. That's a word.
0: Are you ready for some rapid fire questions I have for you about this movie? Let's go. The quality of Ben and Dan's marriage. What? I'm sorry, Beth and Dan's marriage. Okay. Well, you know. I'm trying to get into the mindset of Dan. Like there it looks so perfect as a viewer, but Dan can't do this without it being a little imperfect.
1: That's not true, Todd. That's not true at all. You've read Esther Perel's work. People don't always have sex with other people because they're unhappy in their marriages. I mean, every every marriage has challenges. I'm not saying nobody's marriage is perfect, but People have sex with other people because they are unhappy in themselves. They feel like they're looking for someone to make them feel a different way. So
0: instead, I should rephrase that question. Forget about quality of Ben and Beth and Dan's marriage. Yeah, why do you keep saying Ben? Because I'm reading my notes and it says Ben. Oh, um, quality of Dan's self-esteem, I guess. That's the challenge. Okay.
1: I wouldn't bring Beth into this equation. I, you so know, it's about Dan. And again, sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, sometimes a marriage can be unhappy and it's a sexless marriage and then somebody has sex with someone else. That can happen too. But you know, when I'm talking about Esther Perel's work, it's all about why does someone stray? And sometimes it has nothing to do with the partner they're with. Mm. It's about the fact that they want to feel differently and this person makes them feel younger, more alive. It's more new. Um, and they access a part of themselves that they've missed.
0: That's a really important distinction. Yeah. So yeah, my question was misguided. Well, it, and you, you make it about it, her
1: yeah. instead of
0: him. It's really all, it's his own inner journey. Correct. And there's something that he doesn't feel in himself Correct. and he wants to feel it through Alex instead of Beth.
1: Ex- it, there's an excitement that Alex has that Beth is, you know, and we could, I don't want to go too far down this path, but, you know, Alex is a single high profile working woman Beth is a stay-at-home mom who's fixing up the house. Yeah. One feels exciting, yeah. one feels just safe, and that's it.
0: Next question. What preceded Alex's love life? So like, say, from the ages of 20 to 37?
1: My biggest question about this movie. That's what I was saying before about when she says she has the miscarriage. I'm like, who did she like, date? Didn't she?
0: Yeah, like, didn't she? Like, it, I'm made to believe that she had a completely normal, re, in, intimate relational life with whomever beforehand. And then this one with Dan is the one that went bad. Like, did she have a bunch of bad ones before that?
1: We could talk about, would it have gone this way if she hadn't gotten pregnant? Mm -hmm. Could she have let go Mm -hmm. if she hadn't gotten pregnant? Um, Or was this what she did in all relationships and dudes just eventually
0: moved or something? What are the odds of Alex not having some childhood trauma?
1: Oh she had childhood trauma. Right, it's no it's almost it. a certainty. Even if it wasn't even if it was just seeing her dad die at mm-hmm. a young age. Maybe she wasn't physically abused or even emotionally abused, but she experienced something that she obviously was not able to integrate.
0: Um, What is Herman Munster, the waitress (laughs) from cocktail and Jane Krasinski doing in this movie?
1: Todd and I were like having all these like, oh, there's, I actually, I think I actually said that sentence where Michael Douglas is walking up the stairs and he's with Herman Munster. We're like, what's, what's Herman Munster doing? And then
0: the waitress from cocktail, the blonde waitress from cocktail. Waitress
1: from cocktail. She
0: worked at the TGI Fridays with um, young Mr. Flanagan. I don't remember the waitress from cocktail. She is the, her, you know, the, they double date, they go bowling. That woman, so I'm talking about um, Fatal Attraction here. Right. They they double date with their friends. Oh,
1: that woman. That blonde That's woman. That's Hildy.
0: Hildy. She's the
1: one who called and wanted to Hildy. know what they. Were, she was Hildy wearing.
0: Hildy is one of the waitresses oh. in Cocktail.
1: And then Jane Krasinski has like, for those of you who know Jane Krasinski, she was in 30 Rock and she's in, you know... Kimmy Schmidt and she was in vacation and everything but she has like a two second like if you weren't looking for her, you wouldn't know it's her Todd actually said to me look who the babysitter is yes and he goes and that's her only scene
0: yeah that was a good catch yeah um, if Dan didn't stay the night after she slit her wrists would she have let him go
1: well if he left after she slit her wrists then he's a
0: monster I'm not saying uh, that's not the question the question is let's say that she tapes her own wrists up would that have made Dan more, um, would she have interrupted his life quicker and more forcefully or would she have been like, screw this guy?
1: Well, I think she still would have been pregnant. And so yeah. there is a poss- possibility. I just think that would have been more monstrous.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, where does one get battery acid? <laughs>
1: that was, we were like, so the scene that we were talking about where his... Alex throws battery acid on his car. We're like, where does she get that? Mm -hmm. Like, and where did she come up with the idea to boil the rabbit? Right. Like, what in. And obviously, that's showing us that her mind is is not in great shape. But um, yeah, it's rough.
0: Um, Sweetie, can a marriage survive an affair?
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I don't know in this story if why beth Mm. would want to forgive him because she she has now killed somebody um and it's pretty bad like the final scene is them happy in a picture and them walking away hugging and i think this is what i think that they would need about a month to be together to get through this trauma yeah and then i hope that she'd be like, Ellen and I are going to take
0: some, time, take some away. time
1: away. Because, you know, we didn't even talk about why Ellen didn't wake up or maybe she was awake.
0: That was one of my, un- yeah, she, yeah, she probably should have woken up.
1: She probably should. It, it, considering the police came yes.
0: afterwards also. Um, Ellen could have asked for 10 more animals and Dan would have said yes. Yes.
1: She could, could have had a farm in that house.
0: Um. This is kind of a weird question. I don't even know if it's worth asking, but I'll ask anyways. How does one apologize for an affair?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I think, well, actually I do know. Um, every situation is different and and I don't want to be too general here, but uh, taking responsibility um, without blaming the other person sure. for the choice, um, allowing the person that you want to have forgive you, your partner, talk about it and ask as many questions as they need. Mm-hmm validating their experience and giving them time and these are the tools like and by you know go by Esther Perel's
0: book yes um obviously there's no logic to kidnapping but what's Alex's plan regarding the carnival kidnapping
1: it's a it's an it's an underhanded threat. It's a, I have access to your family. Yeah. Or I think through Alex's mind, if we're going with the alternate ending where she's just a lonely woman who's eventually going to take her own life, um, I think she's trying to be part of his life. Yeah. And she's saying, look at how I can take your daughter on a fun ride. Now, I'm not saying that's correct, but she's not thinking straight.
0: Um, is the movie better with this new ending?
1: Um, with the ending that they ended yes. with, uh, the movie does what a 1987 movie is supposed to do, which, you know, wraps up all the loose yeah. ends,
0: ties it in a bow, ties
1: in a bow, makes you cheer for Ann Archer. Um, the, the stay at home mm-hmm. mom who is always there and who, you know, it, you know, that scene, I, I always laugh at the scene where Alex, And Dan are talking on the phone and Dan said, I told Beth about us. And she's like, I don't believe you. And Beth gets on the phone and does her, this is Beth Gallagher.
0: If, yeah, I don't know. If
1: you, if you come near my family again, I'll kill you. Do Mm -hmm. you understand? Um, Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden she's like the protagonist, right? She's the one where we're like, this woman is on fire. Mm -hmm. Um, The, now if they redid this movie, and were more thoughtful about mental illness and what it really looks like and didn't make it into some kind of trope, you know, like where they actually told it like a real story, then the Madam Butterfly ending makes a lot more sense.
0: Are you ready for the Beth Gallagher quote? (laughs) Yes.
1: This is Beth Gallagher. If you ever come
3: near my family again, I'll kill you. You understand?
0: Click. See ya. Mama bear. I know um do dan and uh beth make it uh like i said i think at a, after about a month of getting
1: through the initial trauma i hope beth takes some time um
0: but that's not the answer to my questions
1: in 1987 they probably stayed together in 2021 i
0: doubt it okay um a few observations uh alex is a good breaker in what does that mean She's uh, good at breaking into houses without anybody knowing she anything. She sure is. She just shows up in the mirror.
1: <laughs> she's just there. That was this, we were, Todd and I were like, at what point did she come in the house? Yeah. Because you're seeing them downstairs and they're like hanging out yeah. and
0: then he's downstairs and she's upstairs and we're like, when did she come she's in? She's a high functioning burglar. She's very high functioning. Ellen is a deep sleeper. We deep, figured that out. Deep sleep. And uh, Dan, don't turn away from the killer after you drown her. I know. Just an FYI. The, it's the bubbles in the water. Um. A few trivia before we close out. All right. Uh, Let's see. According to Glenn Close, people still come up to her and tell her, thanks, you saved my marriage.
1: I just told Duffy that today. Yeah, Duffy was saying this is one of the most terrifying movies, and I said, Glenn Close said, people still say thank you. Mm -hmm. Because after seeing this movie, I think there was like an Oprah show about it, they were like, men were like, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe this wouldn't be a good idea. And you know what, Todd, they really actually did... A lot of movies similar to this, like single white female. Yeah, this is the
0: beginning of a bunch of movies, those types
1: of movies. The, as the ringer calls them, from hell movies. Yeah. You know, the babysitter, the babysitter from hell, from hell the, the
0: roommate from hell, the
1: coworker from hell. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, One of the most famous and memorable things about the movie is that Alex boils the bunny, thus igniting the pop culture term bunny boiler. Yeah, bunny Mm boiler. Ironically, in an earlier scene, after she tells Dan to bring the dog to the park, she says, I I love love animals. I'm a great cook. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny?
1: Yeah, and you know what? In the movie, there's so many tea kettles. Yes. There's so much, just like the roller coaster is like the visual and the experience of the movie and then they also go on one. There are so many... boiling kettles yes like this is you know building up
0: yeah very metaphorical
1: and the the reason dan can't hear her at the end is because the tea kettle has finally gone off yes and so it's just
0: you know everything's very purposeful michael douglas was also working on the film wall street at the same time yes to avoid a schedule conflict douglas would alternate between each film during the week
1: i read that too he would like be gordon gecko on tuesday and thursday Mm -hmm. and dan gallagher on monday wednesday friday
0: it's crazy um, ironically enough, in the Chinese Zodiac, nineteen eighty seven was the year of the rabbit. <laughs> did you read that? I did. I did, a long time ago. hmm Um and then last but not least, the apartment used for the Gallagher's apartment toward the beginning of the film is the same apartment Adrian Lyon used in nine and a half weeks.
1: Oh, interesting. Not surprising, right? That's it, sweetie. That So it's a weird thing to say Fatal Attraction is a great movie because it's so disturbing and suspenseful, but it's an iconic movie, and I think most people in Gen X have seen it more than once, and we talk about it, and like you said, we have phrases that we say from it. So we hope that you enjoyed our our deep dive into such a
0: traumatic movie what's next are we doing about last night or are we doing a league of their own I think own? we're
1: doing a league of their own because we're, Skyler pretty has to watch the it same, for school pretty
0: much the same movies it's identical about last night a league of their own or yeah they're completely different
1: but they <laughs> you think <laughs> yeah, but A League of Their Own I think has more of that Gen X feel no they both do well I don't know which one will do just everybody has to wait and see
0: shoot us an email let us know which one you want to see faster about last night or A League of Their Own both incredible movies in their own right
1: and if you're listening to this um, make sure that you're subscribed in your podcast app maybe give us a review five star review and um, listen to our other podcasts on Parenting Radio
0: that's right keep tracking everybody Everybody.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave us a five star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe to our Zen Parenting radio podcast where we discuss self-awareness and mindfulness, sharing the latest research and pop culture. We're on our ninth year, but there's still always something new to discuss. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to live like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to ZenParentingRadio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books.
0: If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. You want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones? We can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty. And the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give them a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support and keep on trucking.